Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday, which is very different for the podcast. I know. Not what you're used to seeing. Normally, I'm here on Fridays, and I'm going out of your ears. This week, we're going a little bit different. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk to you, as you know, Bama Beach Bum. He's sitting in the green room, just hanging out, getting ready to come on. We've got a lot of great questions for him. Couldn't tell you how long this episode is going to go. It could be an hour. could be longer. could be shorter. Let's open the latter. All right. Or actually, the earlier, former. All right. So, I'm done flapping my jibs. If you're watching this, share it out because there's going to be a ton of knowledge dropped in this. It's going to get real. So, you're listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Let's get it. it gets me going mm, pump it up pump it up all right we're ready actually this is exactly how it goes when i'm recording and you can't see me i'm actually the exact same way so music gets me going i hope you're doing well wherever you are it's gonna be fun so let's just stop flapping our jibs let's just get this on welcome to the show ladies and gentlemen mr matthew isbell the bama beach bum hello good evening sir uh- <laughs> Uh, one thing I forgot to include in this, I apologize. This episode is sponsored by The Sinker Guy. If you need any sinkers, you need supplies, go check out The Sinker Guy at www.thesinkerguy.com. All right, so you ready to play? Yeah, let's do right. it, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, this, this is going to be, you know, this is new for both of us here. Like, just, just roll into this. I'm excited. Yeah. So I've only seen you go live a couple times in the past, but it's not, yeah. it's not, you don't do it much. No, I, I, if I understood it more, like, you know, with social media, there's a lot of different things that help you grow. And I've done live streams. I, I don't really understand them completely. It's a great way to connect with your audience. Like, if you already have an audience, you want to connect with them and grow those relationships, that's definitely a good thing to do. It's just there's so much to do. I mean, th- there's a million things you can do with social media. So it's really hard to keep up with everything. It's, you know, the ultimate way to stay connected. And I mean, the live is fun. Like we do a live, Mike Smith, uh, Smitty Surf Fishing Charters, him and I do a live every Friday for the Panhandle Fishing Report. So we always get that opportunity. You know, it's kind of like, all right, cool. We're used to this. But you can really interact with like what's going on. Hey, you know, in Alabama, the bite was hot. Uh, here in Navarre, bite was freezing. Uh, you know, people starting to link in. So if you can get that opportunity to just talk, I mean, you yeah. can really make a difference. So. Oh, yeah. Fun stuff. All right, so let's get into the first question. Uh, and I know it's a lot of these are going to end up being from old previous YouTube uh, episodes. That's okay. Um, it's going to kind of link through. How did you end up in Alabama? Well, I, I grew up in Alabama. I'm originally from Montgomery, or, well, Wetumpka. I say, I say Montgomery because most people are unfamiliar with Wetumpka, unless you watched HGTV's uh, – hometown makeover which you know that made Wetumpka famous but we moved we moved here to the Gulf Coast in 2012 so we've been here 10 years and that was for my insurance job I sold life insurance before 
I started doing all of this. And I was doing that for about 10 years, but there was nobody covering this area, this region with my company at the time that I moved down here. And it wasn't like a necessity. I didn't have to move down here, but the wife and myself, you know, my Courtney, we always wanted to move to the beach. It was an opportunity and we felt like, you know, we could jump on that grenade and <laughs> move to the beach. Oh no, not yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Darn. But yeah, we, so we, we just took the opportunity. It, it, it's, Fortunately, it's turned out uh, to be a fantastic decision and a way that I earn my livelihood is through the beach and living here. So it's, I'm, I couldn't be more grateful for making that decision. Okay. And selling life insurance, that's, that's a tough gig. Yeah. And at my, what I was in too, it, I don't know, you know, not everybody's familiar with how life insurance works, but you know, there's different, obviously different things you can sell and different ways you can go. I sold burial insurance, which was like, it, it's a tough gig, man. I, I knocked doors um, in some of the, like the places of town that you would be driving around with somebody that's familiar with the area and they go, hey, don't go to that area of town. That's where I went to sell life insurance. And I, I would walk up and down the street in these areas and knock on doors. I've witnessed two shootings. I've had guns pulled on me twice. I've been bitten by dogs three times all from knocking on doors for life insurance sales. So you got to, you have to have thick skin for a lot of things in life. And YouTube is one of them, or, you know, putting yourself out there on social media. I felt like the 10 years of life insurance sales and knocking on doors really prepared me pretty well for getting my, uh, my, my name and my face dragged through the mud as, as you, as you experience social media. <laughs> That's true right there. That's funny. I didn't know you did life insurance. I don't know why, but uh, now I do, and it's even strange for me. So it's a weird parallel. So yeah, I did, uh, I did uh, Marine Corps recruiting duty. So I spent oh, three that years. sells. That sells. Oh yeah, selling. Yeah. And people laugh at me when I say this, but I mean, selling souls. You know, I want to trade four to five years of your life for something. <laughs> um, and I remember going to some places. Uh, I was out in LA. Compton was one of the few areas I got to go every now and again. Uh, and it, it, there was some definitely areas where it's like, all right, and only a couple times, like if you went to the sketch areas where you knew it was going to be questionable, you just put your whole uniform on and you just kind of walked and people, like, <laughs> people saw Marine, they ran, they're like, no, man, I'm not joining. Like, oh, no, no, we talk, come here. <laughs> so, yeah, I can only imagine for your side because the, the runway and then the livelihood and making sure, I mean, that that's your bread and how you're going to get through. So. Yeah, it was well, tough. It, it was, and I'm stubborn. Like I should have got out of it a long time ago, but I, I put in, it was nearly 10 years. I got, I got in it in 09. Like that's when I first started selling life insurance. And then I didn't stop until I went full-time guiding in 2018. So, I mean, it was, it was almost a solid 10 years. <laughs> solid. <Of torture. laughs> it's all right. We all, we're all gotten for it. What, what's yeah. the I should be loyal to the nightmare of my choosing. I believe it is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So um, what got you into fishing and where did you start? My, my family didn't fish. Uh, my dad didn't fish. Brother, I'm the youngest of six and I've got four older brothers and a sister. And uh, none of my family was remotely interested in the outdoors. And the only people in my life that fished and were involved in the outdoors were a lot of my friends. And that's kind of what piqued my interest in fishing 
um, back home in Wetumpka. So it was freshwater fishing. I did a lot of brim and catfish and crappie and of course bass fishing. And without be, having someone in my life to really pass on information other than my friends and, and their parents or dads mostly um, teaching me how to fish, I, I remember I can see these images. I would we had a uh, like a section in our library at school that was about fishing. And I would check out these books religiously. And these images are, are ingrained in my brain because, you know, this was, I, I was probably, when I really started taking interest to it, I was probably 10 to 12. So we're talking over 20 years ago now. Um, that was before any of this information on the internet was even, a. I mean, the internet existed, but to the degree that it is today, there was no social media. There was no I mean, there was hardly any info out there. So uh, the only way to get good information was, was still encyclopedias, which I used, and uh, checking books out in the library is what I had to do. So I remember, uh, which sounds so old, makes me sound so old. I mean, it's, it sounds like so long ago. But 20 years ago, that's not that long ago, I guess. Oh. It is. I but I remember checking out these books to learn how to tie knots and rig properly for catfish and for bass and for brim and like that's that was how i educated myself and that was a large portion as to why you know i started my youtube channel because nobody really taught me how to fish other than you know it was it was a difficult learning curve for me and i knew as a kid if i had access to information online to be able to do this stuff i would have been all over it as a 10 11 year old kid yeah the encyclopedic uh or Encyclopedia Britannica was a wonderful infomercial that, Mom, we got to get it. <laughs> my, I don't know which one's my, my – I remember the, the, we, we had a set of encyclopedias growing Did up. And that's what we used for all our reports and all that stuff. That's, you know, that was Google. I can't remember if it was the – I, I don't – whether – weren't there more brands? Oh, there were so many. I mean, there was, yeah. like, there was even traveling encyclopedia salesmen. Yeah, right, was, yeah, yeah. Man, Britannica they, they, had the market share, I think, because they had the – they were able to get on TV – um, but I, I, there was definitely other ones out there. Well, that's how I used to learn to fish, you know, and learn uh, and learn stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I digress, but yeah, we're not, I, I mean, we're not that old, but dang, I, I, I know it, it feels so old. Yeah. I'm 34, <laughs> but I mean, you know, that was 22 <laughs> years, you know, 22, 20, 24 years ago. That's, that's a decent amount of time. Lots well, changed <laughs> a little. Okay. Well, with, so you've been doing a lot of fishing growing up there by, by learning through that process and you made it work and now you've graduated up. What brought you to the surf? So, so I, I kind of like in my life, I got out of fishing. I wasn't fishing at all as an older teen and early adulthood, uh, just focusing on life. You know, I fished very occasionally, probably like most people that have regular jobs and normal lives <laughs> you fish when you can Not unlike me i fish every day but uh, <laughs> you know i'm fortunate in that so it was, it was just a very loose thing but right before we moved down here in 2011 for that entire year i bought a boat back home and got a little bit more like anytime i had time off from work i would go fishing and so i it kind of reignited my passion for it and you know desire to learn more about it and get better at it and then we sold the boat and moved down here and once we moved here i just knew that with salt water there's just so much potential i didn't know 
junk about it, but I knew that there were a lot of opportunities and we live around so much water and I didn't have my boat. So I would try to access the water any way I could, whether that be from piers or on the side of the road or whatever, and just trying to learn. And where I started to have the most success, when I, where I started to actually catch fish at all, was at the, on the beach in the surf. And so that's really what I started to, to gravitate towards was surf fishing. And, you know, I started to try to continue to educate myself and look for more information. And there wasn't a lot of information out there on the internet. You know, I really started diving deep. I created my YouTube uh, profile in 2014. Like if you look at my channel, it'll say that it was created in 2014 because that's when I started my profile. That's not when I started my channel, but that's when I opened my profile. And that's when I really started to try to educate myself on saltwater fishing and more specifically surf fishing. But that information was not there. It is now. <laughs> Thank you for that, by the way. Well, well, it's not just me. I mean, I, I, I was def when I started the channel, uh, it wasn't there. Um, it, I went, I went a few years that it was pretty much just me now, now I mean, you, you know, you can flip through YouTube and, and find a dozen pretty easily. <laughs> there, there's a lot, there's a lot of surf fishing YouTube channels and, and a lot in this area specifically. Well, you are definitely one of the, you know, the pioneers in it. And then we got others that are doing it as well. And almost all of them bring great knowledge that, sure. that I think yeah. we, we, we couldn't ask for better. Um, like for me, I, I, my story was, you know, sitting on the couch in Tennessee when it came around and uh, we, we had just come off the road from being in the RV for two years, you know, so it's a whole different world we're living in my mother-in-law's house. Cause we have, we sold everything we've got, all we're living in is the RV. And one night somehow you going down a YouTube hole, I ended up on fishing and then it ended up in surf fishing and it was you and Tony were the top two that I started ping pong and back and forth from sure. um and i was like what is surf fishing i mean i mean i was stationed out of camp pendleton in california we were right on the beach you know the marine corps is always by water we're amphibious that's our thing and i think i fished three times the entire 17 years i was stationed out there uh, it's disappointing there's a lot of opportunities out there huge opportunities and I, you know, I kick myself every day now like you're an idiot you missed out <laughs> on so much um but then i started seeing it and then started getting knowledge from both of you guys, which then turned into Brant, Brad, running right through the, the whole circle. And it's like, okay, this is a ton of knowledge. Yeah. So the YouTube world has definitely proved, definitely to me, but I've seen it now after running this podcast for a while, for a while and especially running panhandle surf fishing with the guys and getting out fishing with everybody. That piece of knowledge has made so many people have a learning curve that's almost streamlined. If you right. follow these ones, you're going to have a good day. So sure. you, you've seen it. You know it. You, you've seen how that's run. Uh, and again, I will say thank you because you and others have made it easy for almost all of us to surf fish. So. Yeah, and, and it's, it's so accessible, surf fishing. It, it was the most accessible when I first moved here. And yeah. that's why I gravitated towards it. You don't have to have a boat. You don't have to have a lot of money. It doesn't matter your, your life situation. You can get into it very easily. And the thing about it, when I, I don't hear this at all anymore, I can't remember the last time I heard this, but when I first started, and especially when I was guiding and started guide, you know, guiding full time, 
so many people would say, I, I didn't even know you could catch fish at the beach. You know, everybody yeah. thinks you, you got to go way off. You know, there's, there's no fish here right up next to the beach. But the, the um, opportunities and amount of species and the ways that you can target them, it's, it, it's endless. Uh, I mean, the, there's so much opportunity. But for the longest time, and I'm, and I'm sure there's still plenty of people that don't understand that. But I, I just used to hear that so much that they're like, I didn't even know you can catch them. And, but I think I think we've educated people a lot now that uh, <laughs> more people are more familiar that there's a huge opportunity on the beach. Yeah. Well, since you started fishing back then to today, what has been your most memorable catch in the surf? Uh, I'll give you two. Um, okay. And one of them happened fairly recently. But um, the, mo the one that stands out the most is for me is probably the first time I caught a Jack Corbell. And this was several years ago. Uh, it, it happened on my channel. I think it was either 2017 or 2018. I can't remember, but I was with my wife and we were catching bluefish. The, the water was super muddy and I was throwing a top water and we were just whacking bluefish and all like is bluefish after bluefish after bluefish. And I was trying to get her to hook up on one and I was still throwing the top water and something just exploded it was slick calm that day i mean not there was no swells whatsoever no wind it was middle of summer so you could see any movement on the water it's just dirty but this it just erupted and just took off and i was using a trout rod i had like a seven foot rod with a three thousand size spinning reel and like 15 pound braid oh, no. not, not throwing for jack Carell. and you know this thing just takes off and i and I, I, at the time, I'm like, I have no clue wh what I just hooked. I mean, I, I went through the possible scenarios. I'm like, you know, Jack. Jack was top of the list. I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's Jack. I never caught one, but I was just familiar. But experiencing catching a Jack Bell because they're my favorite fish now. You know, that was the first time I'd ever caught one. They're my number one fish. If anybody ever asks me, um, what's your favorite fish to catch? It's, it's going to be a Jack Bell. I get weak need anytime I see them whether it be in the pier on the beach like i legit almost collapse because i just get so amped up about seeing these fish and the opportunity to catch one <laughs> and this was my first experience and it was totally unexpected so that was that i would point to that like that really just i mean i was already in love with surf fishing but that that just is when it really just everything came together and I, i'm i'm bonded for life with surf fishing <laughs> <laughs> okay. like, uh, like uh, what, what's that movie um uh uh avatar you know when they like you know what it, like how do they they word it like bonded or something uh, yeah mm -hmm. we, we like me and surf fishing made it together you know we are we are one <laughs> a little, little bit of imprinting going on <laughs> that's right oh <laughs> uh, that that moment solidified it for me but um, probably no, I'm, I said I was gonna give you two, probably my number two would be, uh, catching, I just caught my, my personal best Pompano, which Pompano obviously being like the primo species for surf fishing, but not the fact that I just caught my biggest one ever, but I was able to do that on a jig. And that was a special moment for me. Um, and probably just really something I've been trying to do for years is, is to catch a Pompano of that quality and even through all my guiding and my personal fishing and fishing with friends and everything that I've done, I've never seen a pompano per 
personally in per like in person i've never seen a pompano over four pounds until that one and it was four and a half and on artificial i mean you know yeah i can't beat it you did it on a jig we were on oh we on a pompano jog goofy jig or whatever yeah Banana yeah it, it, yeah, yeah it was a, you, you can call it whatever, goofy jig, banana jig, wacky jig, whatever you want to call it. All, all those names apply. Uh, it was a frisky pins jig, and I had a little teaser on it. It was pink, and to, and to do it, like, I was feet on the sand. It wasn't jigging the jetties or from a boat or, you know, because I've, I've done all that for pompano fishing, but to actually feet on the sand, fishing a legit beach, catch a PB pompano on a jig, like, just special moment for me. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because we're always when we're always fishing, you know, for doing set rigs, you know, and we're getting further into the questions here, and I'll get to that one eventually. Yeah. But I mean, we're doing zone fishing, so you've got you know the long ones getting them way out there. You're getting behind the bar, and you're playing you know different markers. But you're normally on the further side. You're not normally catching them jig distance that often. But to do that, that's primo right there. No, no. It, he was close to the, or he, she, she, I think probably, uh, was, was close to the beach. I mean, it wasn't that far out. So yeah. very special. And, and when I hooked it, I thought it was a red because of how it hit it and took off and just the weight of the fish. I'm like, Oh, you know, it's probably red. And then, uh, no, it wasn't. And I was, I was, I freaked out, you know, a little bit lost for words. You know, anytime I, I get where I can't speak, you know, and I don't even know what to say, uh, that, that's a special moment. Hands down. All right. So the big question with that then is, did she hit the teaser or did she hit the jig? The the jig. It, wow. It was, she didn't hit the teaser on the way down. Yeah. Just just the jig. It, the way I tie my teasers, you know, it's not they're not separate. It is. Um, it, you they, put them on the loop. Yeah, I put them on the loop. So you know, they're kind of right there. Wow. Okay, that's cool. Now a lot more because the goofy jig I think is becoming something bigger. Yeah, I'm starting to see more of it. I know James is with Frisky Fins. He's talked about it. Uh, we actually talked a little bit about it last night when we recorded our episode. Um, but he was talking about those and how big things it really helps there. So, well played, yeah, it's sir. A, well played. It's a great lure. Great lure. Well, you kind of took my other question and nailed it. My my next one was going to be, what was your all-time favorite catch or most memorable catch? So, I'm guessing it was the Jack. So, we'll just scoot on by that question now yeah yeah uh i i, I, I mean i can give you one more i'll give you a top three so, the, oh, so I'll, give you two. I yeah, like I'll give you one more i'll give you one more so they when i was before youtube like this was when i was still trying to figure everything out mm -hmm. this was probably sometime around my, i'm sorry my dog is moving i don't know if you can hear my dog if you see me looking away my dog's she's like trying to get a ball over here so i'm sorry i'm distracted all good brother uh, all good and I know we're live here, but the the number like what before Jacks, before YouTube, before I was in any way, shape, or form trying to make this a career, I was at the beach with my wife, and I was using one of those Guggen rigs, like what we could talk about. And that's where a lot of people start. Uh, to think of myself using that stuff, you know, makes me sick. But I did, and it, it, I caught some fish. I, I had some success with it, but. Uh, I probably had killer bee bait from Walmart. I don't even know, but I had some terrible bait and I was fishing the beach in orange beach and I caught my very first redfish from the beach and uh, you know, red first redfish period, but it was from the beach. And this was probably at half to say 2014, 2015. And 
that that catch because that was the big at the time you know that was the biggest fish I, i'd ever caught i mean it was like a, a a bull red probably over 30 inches i didn't measure it didn't know to um but catching my first redfish definitely gave me the realization that saltwater fishing can give you so much more than freshwater fishing in in terms of opportunity uh, from from that standpoint mm-hmm. and just i had never caught anything that fought like that and up until that point and that was definitely another moment that uh pointed me in the direction of surf fishing and, and making what we have today a reality so that was the engagement but but the jack was the wedding yeah that that that, 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 that was great we were just courting at the time with the uh, with the redfish but we are eternally bonded with jack <laughs> totally fair get it <laughs> So you spent a while guiding. Um, You've talked about that, and we know we've seen that one from before. What was the most difficult part of that side of the business? Challenges. Um, You know, the thing about surf guiding is you are present every day, like every day it's something you've got to overcome. And, and that's with any job, but, you know, if I think about, cause guiding in general is tough, like extremely hard. And, and the guys I would say on the boat have it harder, but an advantage that they have is they can get around and do things to circumvent obstacles a lot easier than somebody on the beach. Mm-hmm. You can just, there's a lot of days that you can still run your trips regardless of how difficult customers may be and all these other things that are, are difficult, but you can still at least run your trips most any day and avoid certain things, whether it be dirty water or wind or a bad bite or whatever. You can just, you, you have way more selections of places to go and fish when, when you're running surf fishing trips, whatever those obstacles, obstacles are, you don't have a lot of options and your options that you do have are all bad. I mean, so whether it be from some, from seaweed, dirty water, bad winds, rough surf, bad weather, you know, some of those things, again, a a boat charter is going to run into, but they can avoid a lot of that in a lot of ways that you can't on a beach. And, and that's just tough. And, and two, like when, when you go and set up at a spot, and you think ahead, you pre-plan, you try to figure out where's going to be the absolute best place to crush fish. And of course you're fishing every day. So that helps, you know, you have a real good finger on the pulse of like where fish should be and where they are. But if you show up and you, you set up your surf fishing spread and everything at a spot and it's just not happening, you know, you can move down the beach a little bit. You can try that, which that in and of itself is difficult. You know, it's not yep. easy to, because you still have to pack everything up and walk a hundred yards, whatever it may be, you know, that takes time. But even after you try that, or if you think, man, we probably should go to a different beach altogether because water conditions or whatever, that's an hour, like, of time. So if you want to pack everything up, get in your car, drive down the road, unload, reset up, you you've got an hour of time now that you're killing, and what and that and 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 these are decisions you have to make as a surf fishing charter. Am I charging them for this, or is this like? you know, are we getting an additional hour or you know, like, it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing to, to think through and it, it stresses you out. Um, conditions, I would say, because I mean, you know, and then you got hurricane freaking season and the last few years of our hurricanes, I mean, you've got 
tropical systems coming in every time and, and that's going to knock you out for a week maybe two because you've got obviously terrible conditions and then after that you got dirty water and you can go run catfish charters if you want but not too many people are interested in that so just, just conditions i mean you know june grass is going to be coming in obviously we're crushing pompano right now it's awesome but before you know it here we go june grass sargasm you know, it's just, it's one thing after the next, you know, that you're constantly trying to work around and figure out and still run trips and still make money and still catch fish. Uh, it's, it, 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 it can be difficult. So guiding is, is, a, is a tough business. It is. A, I salute those who continue to do it. I did it for three years full time. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Well, this is the perfect time for this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is about 20, we're at 28 minutes. We're a couple minutes late. I apologize, and I don't have my fun little sound effects there. But this is the first bait check. So if you're listening to this, you know, if you're watching at the beach, that's even better. Because hopefully you've been paying attention to this and not your rods bouncing. And if you have, you will come back. But this is your first bait check today. So go out there, check your bait, reel it back in. Make sure it's all good. If you need to retip it, retip it, send it back out there. This bait check was brought to you by Ninja Tackle. And if you want to get looking at rods, rigs, reels, they've got it all in there. So go ahead and head over to ninjatackleva.com. Take a look at all the fun stuff that they've got there. You can't go wrong, really. We'll get to that part, too, because I have more. We, we, we love Ninja Tackle. I love Ninja Tackle. Yeah, hard not to. Uh, so we've hit the hard part of guiding. What's the most rewarding part of guiding, though? Most definitely taking out people that have – extremely low expectations those <laughs> those are the best um because when when they have because sometimes you take people that just they just want to go and have a good time and they they're not expecting to crush fish they just want to experience have the experience and a lot of the times those people have no preconceived understanding of what your potential is on the beach and j just catching fish in general for them is a blast and that those trips were always the most rewarding when you have somebody that's showing up like man we just we just want to hang out we don't really care and then you actually catch fish it just everybody wins you know it's just a lot of fun um it's tough running those trips that where people want to just load a cooler of course the cool thing about beach fishing and surf guiding is a, a lot of times this is a, most people's first introduction to saltwater fishing. Um, it's inexpensive. It's inexpensive. It, it was less expensive to charter me than a boat or, you know, whatever. So it's just an easy way for a lot of people to access saltwater fishing. And most of the time you have a legitimate shot of that person catching the biggest fish that they will probably ever catch in their life. And that, and that happens so many times, whether it even be a stingray, uh, you know, black drum, redfish, jacks, whatever, there's a really, sharks, you know, we caught a lot of sharks. People can catch that absolute monster that they're going to talk about for the rest of their life. And that's going to be a moment they point to in their life. And you got to be a part of that. So um, that was cool. I, I, you know, a lot of people probably answered that with kids. And I love kids. I got a kid, but if 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 we're all honest, uh, it's tough fishing with kids, man. Like I love it, and I'm glad that they're out there, and I want to teach them. It's important to me. It's important to my daughter. But those were challenging times. Uh, you know, obviously they had a good time, and that was always a stressful thing. But 
Uh, I would point to the other two than than getting kids out there on the water. <laughs> I'm gonna be straight off with you, man. It was tough. It was tough. And it was expensive because they would break stuff. They drop stuff in the sand. And I'm too nice of a guy. I'm too nice. You know, obviously some people are like, you charge them for it. I'm too nice. I'm like, oh, it's fine. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. You know, like you're, crying inside. Like you're crying inside. Like, oh, like that's totally rude. Because here, here's what happens. Here's what happens on the beach. I'm going I'm to paint this picture. And if you surf guy, you know, this is exactly what happens. So you're on the beach. Kids, you know, reeling in a rod, whether they're doing it with a fish or they just think this, there's a fish. And you've told them a hundred times, hey, there's no fish on that. But it doesn't matter. They just want to reel it in. And, and that's okay. Whatever. Keep reeling it in. So they've got a rod in their hand and they're reeling in. And then a rod actually goes off. What What do you think is the next step? Exactly. <laughs> that that rod is go, is like 100 miles an hour going to the ground. And they're, you know, going to the rod that, that has a fish on it. Every time without fail doesn't matter how much you tell them hey always put the rods in the rod holder you know we don't want to put these in the sand doesn't go doesn't go in the sand or the water it doesn't matter where they're standing they got a rod in their hand fish on it's going on the ground every time i love kids i love kids and i'm so oh, glad that they're in. and you know what and i'm excited to get my daughter introduced to it but those are definitely, I don't have any moments that stick out in my brain of, 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 of great moments, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but catching people's biggest fish. That was special. Always cool. Yeah. Moving into the YouTube world, we've talked a little bit about it. So, and I know you've talked about it, but I think it's important when we start here, because it's going to move into an unobvious piece. Why, what made you want to start the YouTube channel? So I know the education piece, we started there, we got that covered. Was there anything else with that, though? Yeah. So when I started it in 2017, um, it, it was it was a tough phase of life uh, for me. Um, we my wife was pregnant. Uh, Annalise had not been born yet. She was born in like November, uh, yeah, November 1st of 2017. And I started the YouTube channel, I think, August. So it was like kind of close to the time that she was about to be born. And insurance had not been going well. At the time, I was still kind of selling insurance, uh, but I had already been, begun looking for other things, and nothing had really panned out. And so looking at YouTube, I, I noticed, number one, that there was – I was looking for this information on surf fishing that was not there at the time because I wanted to educate myself on surf fishing. So I saw an opportunity with that, and also I had seen a lot of people – or what seemed like a lot of people – being somewhat successful, Brant being one of them, uh, Angler Up with Brant and Yak Motley, both at the time were the two largest YouTubers in this area. And, you know, not only them, but, you know, Deer Meat for Dinner, a lot of these guys in the outdoor industry that, that had decent channels and seemed to be doing well and making money. I understood enough about YouTube to know that you could could make money off of it. So I, I remember telling my wife when I started filming, I was like, if I can just in a year or two, uh, if I can just start paying our rent with with this um, endeavor, it'll be a win because I'm already fishing. I already love fishing. The information is not there. I'm, I'm going to be doing it anyway. I'm going every weekend and every opportunity that I get. I'm just going to carry a GoPro with me and film it. I'm going to put it on the internet. And if I can earn a little bit of income to help pay some bills, great. Um, so it was definitely like – it was it was a a hopeful thing that eventually I could turn it into something. I didn't know what 
um, I didn't know exactly where it would go or how where I would end up, but I knew I could make a little bit of money. So that was that was definitely in a hard time of life. You know, we we needed the money bad um, in that period in that phase of life. So it that was definitely a motivating factor. Oh, you needs a little spark, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Has doing YouTube made you a better angler? Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, you got to think as, I mean, how many people on this planet um, are full-time, like full-time, and, and, and I've, I've transitioned to a lot of things, but obviously a heavy focus on surf fishing and beach fishing and land-based saltwater fishing. How many people on this planet are full-time surf fishermen that earn an income? Not many, you know. And a step further, most of those you're going to find in the commercial side of things where, you know, they have a focus on certain things or whatever. Whereas me, as a recreational angler, I can approach it from a recreational standpoint So, versus a a commercial. So how many recreational anglers are full-time land-based saltwater fishermen? Mm-hmm. It's a very small amount of people. <laughs> yeah. There's not very many. And and I've been able to fortunately do this for, it'll be five years in August where, you know, I've started my YouTube channel. I, I went full-time guiding in the spring of 2018. So since then, since spring of 2018, I've been full-time fishing and with a heavy extreme focus on surf fishing and that amount of time and hours over the last four or five years um that's hard to match uh you know from 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 anybody you know because and and that's the thing like there's still a ton i don't know obviously like learning so much there's so much to learn about fishing and all that and that's the thing like i love and that's why i said i've gone so many different directions because i want to learn as much as i possibly can about all different styles and techniques um but a lot of what i do and a lot of what i've seen and experienced has been around surf fishing and you know you i get i get these comments and these people that are experts all the time and they try to throw the weight around of how many years they've been surf fishing or whatever it may be and I'm like, you know, that's great. And that's awesome. You may have been surf fishing, whatever, for 50 years, but I'm probably pretty close to the amount of hours of time that you have on the water. If you're a recreational angler, uh, you know, it's yeah. I, I catch up really quick um, when, when I'm out there as, as often as I am. And so it's, it, but with that amount of time and hours that I've been able to put in, if, if I'm not learning uh, and growing, then I don't know. I, I don't know how you don't <laughs> I mean, um, that with just that amount of time uh, with anything. Um, and on top of that, even the time that I'm not on the water, I, I'm, I'm doing podcasts, I'm creating uh, content ideas. I'm doing this. I mean, it's just, it is a literal living breathe. Like if I'm, if I'm alive and not sleeping, it's pretty much fishing. So um it's a lot of time. <laughs> so yes, uh, absolutely. There, you know, the, when I first started YouTube, I mean, I, I was as green as they come. I mean, I knew a, a tiny, tiny, tiny bit and it was uh, the approach that I took 
And even still, like you will still hear me say so many times, I don't know what I'm doing because I, I constantly want to learn and do new things. But the approach I took when I started my YouTube channel with surf fishing was learn with me. Like this information is not out there. I'm, I'm new to this. I, I want to learn this stuff and put it on the internet. Here it is. Watch me learn this process. Um, fortunately I've, I have learned a lot, but like, I still do like pier fishing. For example, last year was really my first year to go heavy, hardcore into pier fishing. And I'm, and I'm straight up and honest about that. Like, look, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to learn. I'm willing. I'm, I'm an open book. I'm trying to learn and glean as much as I can from people that I, that I respect as, as anglers and fishermen, not necessarily people that I find in my comment section, but people, <laughs> people that I know, <laughs> yeah, I get some really good comments. And, and, and you do. The, people, you do. the people listening and watching this right now are probably the people that actually comment good stuff and actually good information. But there's so much bad in the comments, like just bad information and just they have no clue what they're talking about. That I mean, that's the large, a large percentage of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love to learn and I'm willing to accept good information from people that I respect and that I know have been there and know are where I want to be as an angler, always willing to listen and learn. And, uh, very, you know, the, the, the most important thing with anybody, especially if you're starting a YouTube channel is, is just be honest, you know, just be honest where, with where you are in your journey and be upfront. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, it's okay. It really is. I mean, it's really okay to not know and be honest and say, Hey, look, I'm just, I'm just out here having a good time and maybe you can pick something up. <laughs> Well, that trophy over your left shoulder kind of states what, you know, a little testament of your eternal student status. So, <laughs> and I, I will, I'll, I'll be, the, no, that thing, that, that little yeah. guy. Yeah. That, that one, that, is that where, is that what you're referencing? Yeah, that, that little guy. Don't worry about that little guy. Yeah. <laughs> that one. Congratulations on that, by the way. That was thank awesome. you. Thank you. Uh, and I'll, I'll be the bad guy. Um, why not? This is the fun part. Sure, bring it, man. You're, yeah, right about, you're right about the bad information because, you know, there are some people, I think, that go through the comments, and those are my friends that know me. You know what I'm – one part I'm about to say. Like, I hate it when I see somebody do, hey, what fish idea is this? And the first freaking comment is snook candy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see it, and I'll, I'll admit, I wholeheartedly admit, I see that in panhandle surf fishing. I don't pause. You're deleted. Instantaneous, no questions asked. That's my – because those are the people – that I know are going to give you the absolute worst advice because they, they think it's funny that they're going to see you go out there with a Walmart rig and a five ounce Sputnik that you spent your money on and you're going <laughs> to cast it and you're going to snap it. And <laughs> they're going to go, oh, yeah, look, it's like, okay, I, I'm all for messing with people and hazing in a workplace and well with friends, but somebody that's brand new to this, Sorry, not sorry. I want that person to succeed. I want them to know, hey, it's okay. You're going to fail. You're going to have crap days. We do not catch these fish every chance we get. We, we may say we do. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I've never understood. You know, people, I see it in these groups and stuff all the time. You know, people asking for a fish ID, and they, po they post a pompano, and they're like, you know, what, what's this fish? And mm -hmm. People, people give them a hard time. Make fun of, well, not, not your group, but you know, groups in general, Facebook yeah. groups or social media in general. It's like you know, there, there, there was a time in my life that wasn't that long ago. Uh, at least it didn't feel like that long ago. I didn't know what a pompano was. I, I remember the first time I even encountered a pompano. This was before we had moved down here. So, 
you know, we moved here in 2012. So sometime before that, we were just vacationing here, Gulf Shores. And this guy was set up on the beach fishing beside us. And he was just catching fish after fish after fish. And I walked down there and I was like, hey, man, you know, you you seem to really know what you're doing. You know, what kind of fish are you catching? I was one of those guys walking down the beach asking. And he was about to tell me and I and it wouldn't matter. He could have said largemouth bass. And I'd be like, oh, OK. And I, like, I, don't, I don't know what you're catching right now. Um, you, it, but he goes, I'm, ca- I'm catching pompano. And I'm like. Okay, you know, cool. I, I don't know what Pompano is, but, you know, it's cool. And he showed me the bait and all that. And I, at the time, uh, I'm, I'm sure it had to be fish bites because he was like, in my mind, the way that he described it, it, I can't remember what the wording he used, but he was like, it's this ball of something and it releases scent. I don't know. He, he might have been using magic bait or something. I don't know, but it probably fish bites would be my guess. Um, okay. But, you know, this was probably 2010, 2009. I mean, that doesn't, I mean, I guess it's been a little while ago now. It doesn't sound like that long ago, but we all start somewhere. You know, that's my point. Like, you don't know everything. I mean, and there's still species that I'm I, like, you could post a picture and I'd be like, I have no clue what that fish is. Um, now, I, I, I know a lot more now, but we all start somewhere and we forget that. And, you know, it's, it, I, I hate to see it when people give people a hard time because, we want these people in the in, in the sport and getting their families involved in the sport and being able to enjoy the resource like we do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny when you get in the text groups, like I'm in one, uh, I think I was, I think I was in Canaveral caught a fish, didn't know what it was. And I text in and it was uh, Justin and Mike from Smitty's surf fishing charters, uh, Justin Reed with his YouTube channel. And I'm like, Hey guys, what is this? And I like the pause, I can see the bubbles and all I can think is, and the response, it took a little longer. And I'm like, am I about to get messed with? And I'm like, dude, that's a bluefish. How do you not know what a bluefish is? <laughs> well, that one, this, this is cool. Yeah, um, you, you don't know. You got to learn. You got to learn somehow. <clears throat> Thankfully, there's some new stuff that's come out. Um, and they're not sponsoring. I'm just going to plug it anyway because they're really uh, very helpful. Fish Rules, the app on your phone, um, has become really helpful at identifying fish. They just added a feature where you can send it in. You got to pay. But you can send it in, and I believe Google um, just updated their what is this app? Um, oh, but either way, it's the Google Identify one. Um, it's gotten better at identifying fish. So okay. I'm unfamiliar with those, but but sounds helpful. Hey, anything to make it easier, because yeah, yeah. It, it's it's sad. Well, you already took away my next question, so I don't even need to ask that one. Let's move into your actual fishing styles then. Okay. When you're planning to fish, what is your normal plan or routine? So for step one, like I'm, I'm going through this process already for tomorrow. I'm trying to figure out, okay, what, what am I going to, what am I going to do? What am I going to target? Um, anytime I'm pre-planning for a trip, I always start with the app, Wendy, um, you know, great app, really accurate, um, from my experience. And I'm going to look at it and I'm going to look at a few things. Number one, number one being the wind. (laughs) Wind is always like, What's going on with the wind? Because that's going to determine whether or not I'm in a kayak. That's going to determine whether or not I'm fishing on my feet in shore somewhere, whether or not I'm actually going to attempt the beach. Uh, every like wind is always numero uno. Like even if it's raining and storming, I know some, and most of the time I can work around that. Right. But if it's going to be blowing 20, 25 miles an hour out of the east, I need to know that information. So, so I can make decisions whether to stay home and sleep <laughs> or go. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, uh, trying to decide, definitely looking at wind. Then I'm going to look at surf conditions, um, what the swells are, uh, how rough I think it is based on the wind and the wind direction and the swells and the timing. Um, because if I can beach fish, I'm probably going to try that in most scenarios. Um, obviously time of year, big factor there, you know, what, what I'm aware of should be my opportunities. Um, then I'll look at the weather from there just to see, you know, okay, what weather windows do I have? Does it look like it's going to be raining in the morning, afternoon at all, whatever. And then I'm going to try to, uh, go ahead and re you know, rig up for however I want to approach it. You know, tomorrow, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do but it's looking like a day that I'm probably going to approach things with artificial from the beach and attempt that because we're getting into that season now where you have a lot more opportunity at species in the surf. You know, we just came out of winter, we got spring. Now, now we're getting all, you know, the redfish and the trout and the flounder. And of course, you know, still got pompano and bluefish and all this stuff that's moved into the surf now. So uh, targeting, targeting, targeting them different ways instead of just set rig fishing is always something that I like to do because artificial just, you can go approach it so many different ways with so many different lures and tactics and everything that that's what I always want to do, but whether or not conditions and time of year allow will determine that. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, well, I big, you know, my favorite big jacks, we're getting close to like, they're here, they're around. They're not real, you know, like in the middle of summer, you can throw a popper and they'll, destroy it you might get one on the popper right now but they can be a little bit more finicky in the spring so mm -hmm. it, it just it just depends I, I look at time of year and conditions and there's a lot of directions you can go that's the fun part though you know i'm figuring out like i love to figure it out and i love implanting myself in places that i've never fished before and trying to figure it out like that that's what excites me and what i feel like makes good content is winging it and just trying to use your knowledge that you've gained about fishing and inserting that in a completely unfamiliar environment and trying to see if you can be successful at catching fish. I think that's kind of the most kind of kind of talking about Mexico there. Mexico is a great example. Uh, and and my next one, yeah, and, and I didn't catch a lot, but that's the thing, you know, like when I make these videos and, and I get I get hashed, you know people beat me up about it sometimes and i got a lot of hate from a lot of people uh you know not not my normal subscribers and stuff they they enjoy it but like people that are just passing by a video and they're like you know this, all you did was catch some jacks you went all the way to cabo to catch jacks but it's like the, yeah. you don't understand like <laughs> i'm totally implanting myself in a completely unfamiliar environment i know nothing I didn't, i'm not with a guide i'm not with i got no information i literally just look at a map and like I can catch here. this year. Yeah, like I mean, that's it. I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm figuring it out. So I was, I was happy with my jacks, but I'm doing the same thing with. Uh, I'm, I'll be going to Cape Cod in three weeks. I'm oh. actually, I'm, I'm going with Matt and John from Ninja Tackle. They're going to meet up with me out there. But it's same, cool. same scenario. Like they, they don't know anything about that area. They've never fished. Me either. I know, I know Jack about it. So I, I put myself in these situations that my subscribers find themselves in because a lot of the people obviously that come to my channel are trying to get information on a particular area like around here and how to catch fish and what time of year and all this stuff i, I put myself in those situations so i understand what they go through i mean i get it uh when they're trying to get as much information from me as possible but uh 
I, I enjoy that process of just trying to figure things out on my own and try to have some levels of success. Because if I go if I go to Cape Cod and I catch a striper that's that's you know this big from the beach, I'm gonna be so jacked. I've caught striper before, I've caught fish from the beach, but I've never caught a striper with my feet on the sand. I don't care how big the thing is. That's gonna be a success. Because I went there with no knowledge, no information. I'm not chartering anyone or whatever. Like it's something I did on my own and I figured it out and I had success. I, I will be so stoked about that fish. And, and, and that, and that's, that comes through in my videos. Like when I'm, when I, when anything happens like that, that's new for me, which is a lot, I'm always trying new stuff or new area. Even if it's the same fish I've caught a hundred times, if it's in a new area, you get this hate on social media. Like, why are you so excited about a 20 inch striper? You know, I've caught one this big, you know, all this stuff. but it's like, you don't understand. Like I'm putting like, you don't know what I went through to catch the striper, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I guess maybe I don't do a good enough job of, of communicating that. I don't know, but that's why I get so excited because every fish I catch, it, I'm always like, I can't believe this worked. I can't believe yeah. I caught a fish. Like even if it's a fish I've caught a hundred times, but you know, changing things up and constantly trying new ways to target the same fish or new areas to target the same fish, it, it always presents challenges and difficulties. And if you can overcome that and be successful as an angler, I think that's a big deal. And and I get excited about it. Not bad. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I go off on some tangents here, you know, because I, I, I get I get so many comments and things of, and that 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 irk me sometimes. I'm like, you know, I just want to, I want to come through the screen sometimes and be like, look, you don't know what I'm doing. You don't understand what I've put myself through to have this success in this video. But, but you just <laughs> so did. I'm, trying, I mean, I'm trying to tell you now. <laughs> hey, I mean, I have, a, I've been known to run on at the mouth. <laughs> There's a reason I go to my friends. I'm like, all right, I got to stop flapping my jibs. Like, I, I, I tell myself like, I, I'm happy. I'm rolling. Uh, yeah. so, no, but I think it's great you just did that uh, because in reality, you just gave a perspective that a lot of people probably have never thought ever sure. when they've sure. seen your videos. They've never put themselves in your shoes for what you just did to accomplish what you accomplished. So that's not – I mean that's not a tangent, man. That's, that's real. <laughs> so, hell, I mean I'm loving you did it because it's <laughs> I love real. It is what it is. Let it run. Right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just being honest, man. Yeah, I mean, man. So uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are at 54 minutes. It is now for your second bait check. So you need to reel that line in again and check your, check your stuff and get it back out there. Don't want to miss those fish. Fresh bait does great things. Fishing on credit means you ain't catching at all. Ask me how I know. Been there. This bait check was brought to you by Smitty Surf Fishing. Smitty is a Navarre surf fishing, fishing charter captain. If you're coming to the Navarre area and you're looking for a surf fishing charter captain for this zone, he is your man to contact. Reach out to him online. Book your appointment. While we're talking about fishing, so we've, we've gone into the planning phase, um, and this is also in a, this other question I know is in another video. When you get to the beach, so you're there with the cart, you've walked up the access, and now it's time. You're looking up and down. What are you looking for to set your rods up? Um, lot, lot of, usually, I can sum it up with this, and, and we get in – I'm, I'm going to plug something here if you're okay. Plug it. But, uh, plug you know, it we just, th this was a heavy topic and something that we broke down in depth in the, in the Salt Strong 
beach fishing mastery course that we just filmed, um, which is which is why is a big reason why I have these massive raccoon eyes if you can see them because I, I couldn't cover my face because I, my face was on camera the entire time talking through this stuff. But this was a huge huge focus in the course, uh, basically answering that question like when you walk out on the beach, what are you looking for? Um, and you know we give it's not just one beach that we do this on. Like we give multiple, like we fished in the, in the week that we were here, we fished like six different beaches. Um, nice, it was intense. Yeah, it was intense. And we break it down everywhere we fish and why we're fishing there, what we're targeting and you know what we're looking for. But um, I will, so if you, the course will be out hopefully in a month or so, once we get it edited and released, I would encourage you, anybody that's looking into that stuff, like I promise you, you won't be disappointed like we get drone footage we obviously have the the on the beach footage and and we break it down so in depth it'll be worth your time and money but if i could sum it up i would say the deepest water closest to the beach in general number one um i'm always looking for the deepest water that i can access with the shortest cast i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts to that to answer that question, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it and depending on species and how you're fishing. But if I'm set rig fishing, I, I'm always looking for deeper water, e even whiting, pompano or whatever. I mean, that holds true. Whatever, you know, if, I, if it's a set rig style fishing and it's a species, species I'm targeting that way, uh, e even if it's not necessarily like there were some beaches that we fished that it wasn't necessarily the feature that attracted me to a spot as much as it was just the bar happened to be closer to the beach. And I could make, it was as simple as an answer as I could just cast over the bar in this section, whereas I can't in this section without waiting out. And if you fish this past week, you know, waiting out wasn't much of an option <laughs> unless you want to die. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, so, you know, that, that really sums it up for me is just you typically finding the, the deepest water closest to the beach. You know, you bring it up and I, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to, did you see the Facebook post or any of the social media where the guy was waiting out during that stuff and he got pummeled? I, I, I thought that was Tony. What, not, not Tony Fishcomb, but, uh, Tony Chipman. What, wasn't that, wasn't that a picture of him? I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was Chipman. I mean, was it not? I love Tony. He's funny. I just I just talked to him not too long ago. Now I'm gonna have to call him after the show. I was like, I thought it was him? him. I thought somebody posted and tagged him was as it, it was him. him? But maybe uh, not, I don't know. I thought it was Tony. I thought we knew the guy. Like I didn't think it was some random person. If it was, if it was Tony, I mean, he landed gracefully. But the dude, I mean, no, no, I feel bad because I'm like, who? who what happened? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. I'm, I'm not well, sure. I hope it he wasn't. He's such a I, good dude. I did see a picture though. I did see that. Okay, <laughs> that. So back here we were out there. Yeah. Oh, I really hope it wasn't him. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> not, not advised though. When conditions are like that, not yes. advised. And when it's a double red flag, the important thing is there's laws that say double red flag stay the hell out of the water for a reason. Yeah. Please don't go out there and do that. And not to mention, I mean. Whoever, whoever it was, well, let's just say it wasn't Tony. I'm, I'm just going to, it wasn't Tony, somebody else. Um, uh, whoever it was, I hope they're okay. And yes. I hope they wash their gear out. <laughs>
So you've mentioned zone fishing uh, and your mastery course. I know that that's going to be in there. Uh, and you've stressed its importance in all of your videos. But the question I never really, or I, I haven't heard you answer, um, because, and, and the reason I'm bringing this up, I promise I'm getting somewhere, is <laughs> I believe in our world of fishing, everybody stands on everyone's shoulders with education. We, we take something from someone, we take that knowledge, we use that knowledge, we build on that knowledge, uh, we mold it to our own style of fishing. Uh, but it's always important from that knowledge to where we are. Where did you pick the zone fishing up? Uh, and I guess that's the biggest one is where'd you pick it up and how to do it? The, I, I have always tried to give credit anywhere, like anything that I learn from anyone. Uh, Cause I learned a lot from Dusty Hayes uh, a lot. He's, he is a smart dude. Very smart. Um, I, I hired him when I was first starting to try to get into YouTube and chartering and all that. Uh, I hired him, and that's how I met him the first okay. time. Uh, I hired him as a, as a surf fishing guy. Um, Chris Vecce, another huge name in my education as a fisherman in this area. In this area, and even like when I when I went to Mexico, Chris Vecce, I go and speak with him because he knows. Like if you ever need to go catch a an arapaima in the amazon i guarantee you chris Beche can tell you how to do it like he, he will know the timing like he will know every aspect of what you need to do and how to target it. like he just is a wealth of knowledge anywhere in the world but especially here um i i continually try to give credit where 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 i gain information the zone awareness stuff was was something and i'll something that that I formulated in my brain because it, it was, you know, everybody's obsessed with reading the beach, which is huge, like so important. When, when you learn and are comfortable with walking out on any given beach and you can see structures and you understand what you're looking at and where fish are generally going to congregate, your success will go, will skyrocket. But when I was guiding, uh, what I learned is even standing on the beach and trying to teach people this in a guide session, it just wasn't happening. Like people weren't getting it. People can't see what I see from a morning or an afternoon of fishing. They're not going to gain that information. So it, the zone awareness thing was something that I've tried to come up with that I'm like, look, okay, this will work for anybody. Anybody can can learn to do this at least because the the in a perfect world you know how to read the beach but if you don't what you can do and, and even if once you learn to read the beach it's still a good practice to do this but if you can't read the beach walk out on any stretch of any given beach and if you have multiple setups just put them at different distances then you're at least covering different depths and different areas where fish may run if you just walk out there and haphazardly throw your baits in the water as you're set rig fishing yeah you can catch fish yeah that works but there is a little bit more strategy to that in figuring out where these fish are going to run um and another mistake that most people made while i noticed observed on the beach was people just casting too far and like when i was <laughs> when i was heavy into charters 
there were so many times where we would be catching fish and people around us weren't. That's not the case as much anymore. People are way more educated on the stuff than they used to be. Uh, I, I ran into surf fishermen very rarely for a long time, but they would not be catching fish and we were. So I'm like, I know these fish are on this beach. Why are they not catching fish? And a lot of the times it would be because they're wading out neck deep and they're trying to cast their baits to Cuba. And I'm standing on the sand, like flipping a bait out and catching pompano, you know? So it's, I learned that like, okay, if you don't know how to read the beach, if you don't understand what you're looking at and trying to find this, these depth changes, just stagger your baits. Like don't just walk out and cast every bait to Cuba because look, even if if, you're going to miss so many fish because on, on my charters, I would say probably 70 to 80% of the fish that we caught, not pompano, but fish in general, were within 10 to 15 yards from the beach. I will confidently say that because we, we caught so many whiting, so many redfish, black drum, flounder, trout, all of that stuff is 10 to 15 yards from the beach. Now, pompano, yeah, in most cases, they're going to be a little bit further out in, in most instances. But even still, we'd still catch pompano in that in that zone a lot mm-hmm. of the time, depending on the beach and the beach structure. So you're missing so many fish by casting too far. So that was my big thing was like, look, don't just cast in one place. Stagger your baits. Put them at different distances. I promise you're going to catch more fish. And you can figure out patterns. You know, you can pattern these things. So Because if you don't know what you're looking at, that's the best I can give you. The best information is just stagger your baits and mm-hmm. go from there. <laughs> and the first 50 feet I think is overlooked. It, always. I mean, not always. I mean, people are, I think more familiar with it now, but you know, for the longest time, because number one, most people didn't even know you could catch fish at the beach. Number two, if they did, they thought, Oh, you got to have your baits all the way to freaking Cuba. And in that really, really deep water, that's really, really far away to catch fish. But that's just, just not the case. No. So then while we're talking rods, so we've, so we've talked about the zones. Do you, do you prefer, well, let's back it up because this one's good. What is your typical rod setup and how do you set them up? By that, I mean rigs, bait, sinkers. How is your rod set up? For, for set rig fishing? For set rig fishing. Yeah. Um, it, it's changed over the years. I, what I would do if, if I'm serious about surf fishing, w- how I would run my charters. I, I'll give you that when I okay. used to, when, when we go out, like I have to catch fish. Okay. Cause now like, obviously I have to catch fish for my job, but I do, I do things differently now. And I'm a little bit more pinpoint focused on what I'm targeting because I have an idea for a video and whatnot. I'm not out there just to catch fish, just to catch fish sometimes, but rarely. Right. Um, but when I was chartering, if I'm, if from a recreational standpoint, this is how I run my charters. Um, I would run four or five rods. Most of the time, I would have two rods, uh, steelhead rods, light tackle rods set very close to the beach. And those were considered targeting whiting. Right. And we'd pick up redfish, we'd pick up black drums. So and I would run two single drop, what I would call whiting rigs where I just basically a dropper pompano rig, but just one drop with a bead or nothing and just a piece of shrimp uh, with like a one ounce sinker and like 10 pound fluorocarbon. I'd have two more setups that I would use as my pompano rods. 
uh, which is like kind of your standard surf fishing setups, whether it be a 10 to 12 foot rod, whatever. I, I've always used 10 and 11 foot surf rods. Um, I, I used the 11 foot daggers for many years and I would put double drop or single drop pompadour rigs. A lot, a lot of the time while I was guiding, I backed away from the double drop rigs and mostly just used single drops uh-huh. because, I, huh? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was agreeing. I <laughs> um, but single drop pompadour rigs, just because it used less bait. And a lot of the time I was using naturals. Um, I would use synthetics with the fish bites. Like I would match it on there. But a lot of the times when I was guiding, when I could, I would use ghost shrimp because it's like cheating. And it was like, it's like a layup bait, man. It works. <laughs> yes. And when you're fishing ghost shrimp, you don't need two drops. You just don't. Um, I mean, you, you can double up. I mean, you can catch two fish at one time, you know, whenever that would happen. But I, I would try to conserve bait because, you know, it wasn't always easy to get ghost shrimp. I didn't want to be putting out four ghost shrimps when I can only put out two and still catch fish. So I would use single drops or double drops So for pompano. And then one more rod um, I would have ready for cut bait if I wanted to go that direction to put out a cut bait. Or if we're just whacking pompano or we're whacking whiting, whatever it is, whatever our focus needs to be, I would transition that fifth rod to one of one or the other direction just depending so in general like that's that's how any given day i'm going to walk out and would set up a surf fishing charter and most of my charters with and you know if you're out there just to catch fish just to catch fish most of my charters turned into whiting charters (laughs) which is why i got i get this persona that like you know i'm I'm the whiting guy but that's because you know when you're running trips you got to catch fish Whiting are fun, especially on light tackle. They're delicious to eat. You can fill a cooler if they wanted to do that. And then you'd have a couple of rods out for pompano and or redfish. And all of those would just be a bolts at that point. You know, you want to keep people busy. You want to keep people catching fish. I was always confident most days that I could walk out and do well with whiting just to make sure people were catching fish and feeling good and having a good time. And then, oh, by the way, you know, here's some pompano. And that just makes things all better. Okay. Yeah. So you got a good sets there. So there you go, everybody. Huge piece of knowledge. Hope you were hope you're paying attention. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're running surf fishing charters. You you are a whiting fishing charter. Uh, that that will you will have way more success if you focus on whiting and then everything else is a bonus. Promise. <laughs> so now you've moved on quite a bit from set rig fishing and we talked about this a little earlier. Uh, and nowadays with your current fishing style, because we, we know you're not doing the charters anymore, you're con- you, you went full-time YouTube, full-time fishing on that one, and that's uh, that, that's your current path. You prefer now, uh, do you prefer set rig fishing, or do you prefer throwing lures more now in the surf? Absolutely artificials. Okay. Uh, definitely prefer that. It's more active. Um, I, I enjoy walking the beach and opportunities at throwing big poppers for redfish and jacks and sharks and uh you know like that that's why i was so drawn to cabo when, when i went because that's that's their style of surf fishing you know yeah. you, you're not going to walk anywhere around in cabo and see anybody using a set ring you're just not like everybody out there is throwing huge plugs and and that's that's the style of fishing that really just gets me jacked you know one rod throwing lures on the beach for something big um of course set rig fishing is a huge part of what I do. Um, and, and I still love that, but I, I get so much more satisfaction out of throwing a lure and tricking a fish and getting them to eat something. And especially on top, I mean, got them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
So you if you're so when you're going out and you've got the set rigs, uh, or yeah, you got your set rigs set up. Uh, how many rods do you keep in the cart as lure rods? If I'm set rig fishing, um, just one. Okay. I'll, ha- I'll have a spoon and generally tied on because everything eats a spoon. Uh, I mean, anything that swims by, whether it be Spanish, bluefish, jacks, redfish, like if there's a schooling fish that comes by, I can throw a spoon and they're going to eat it if they're fired up. Yeah. Um, that's the absolute best. I mean, obviously I throw poppers and jigs and all kinds of different stuff, but um, if I am set rig fishing and want to have something in my cart ready to go for anything that may swim by, it's a, it's a spoon. What do you know? What's your normal rod set up for that? Uh, do you have one specific rod that is, this is my lure rod that's coming with me every time I go to the set or do you alternate it? What What's your go-to rod for that? Yeah. Um, I use two. It just depends. Um, both work great. Um, the one that I use for a long time is a star paraflex, uh, 10 foot six paraflex, mm-hmm. um, great casting, um, and you know i can put a big reel on it and it still still balances well whether it be a 55 or 6500 reel and then uh i use a lot now i use bummy stick you know that's a lot of what i use for throwing artificials um it's just it's an easy lightweight rod it can do both i mean if if you want to set rig fish with it you can Um, but it really excels in my opinion at at throwing artificials and so generally i'm going to have a spoon tied on that whether whether it be an ounce or a two ounce spoon or a popper or whatever it's, it's it casts all of that stuff. Great. And handles big fish just fine. You know, I've caught sharks and jacks and all kinds of stuff on it. So those are the main two though, that I, and I don't really, I have enough rods that I can set rig fish with everything else that I have. I can't, you can set rig fish with a paraflex and or a bummy stick, but I only use those for throwing lures personally, just because, that's just what I have them set up for. Well, you and Ninja Tackle came up with a really good rod for it. I mean, the Bummy Stick is a great stick and it, very versatile. Yes, that's no, no, what I love about it. Yeah. <laughs> You've been traveling a lot. I mean, even in this area, you still travel. You're not, you know, it's not, hey, I'm in this one spot, this one beach all the time. You're moving around quite a bit. And you've done international. We know that. You've got Cape, the Cape coming up here pretty soon, which... I look forward to hearing and seeing about that with the stripers because I know the season is, I believe, starting or has started. It's very early. It's it, yeah. When we yep. will be there will be very early. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, where has been your favorite destination thus far? Fun I, run home. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I've gone to a lot of cool places. Um, I mean, because man, that, that's a good question. I I would if I had to point to one, if I had to pick one. I would say Outer Banks so far. Ooh. Just, yeah, it was just, I love the, so that we did, obviously set rig fishing is a big thing there. And that's what most everyone was doing while we were there was because there were a lot of drum tournaments and most people were set rig fishing with Carolina rigs, basically for drum. And we did some of that, but most of what we did was was throwing lures and and that's like like i said my favorite thing to do and that's how i kind of associate the east coast and northeast coast coast like i feel like that's where that area of our country really excels is the opportunities you get at throwing these lures in the surf for false albacore you know they they get their their albi run what they call it 
um, you know, they get huge Spanish mackerel. They get giant bluefish. Monsters. Uh, they, get, they get the stripers as you get further north, which, you know, is what we're going for in Cape Cod. Uh, they get the giant fluke. All these fish that are incredible targets for artificials. And uh, I just picture that when I picture that area, that's what I envision. And that's what we did on that trip primarily. Like that's where we found our success was throwing medals for the Spanish and for the bluefish and for the false albacore. And just this fact that you can, it, it, I can see the pros and the cons, but you know, you can drive on the beaches there in, in the outer banks. So that was cool from the standpoint of we're, we're a half a mile down the beach. You can see explosions happening or birds working half a mile down the beach. And it's like, hop in the truck, tear, you know, let's go. And, and you can be on, them, you know, and that, that, and that's, and that's, that's what was so cool. Like our, the first day we were there, um, we're, we're half mile down the beach and we, I see all these huge explosions like next to the sand. And I, it looks like jet, like, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a huge bluefish at the time, but like, it looks like Jack Cravel are just going ham on some bait over here and so we tear off down the beach get down there find out it's false albacore and which that was my first experience catching bonita or false albacore from the beach which was amazing like such a cool fish to catch not good to eat but it's a lot of fun to catch especially (laughs) from the beach um so i and the whole experience all together like i took my family my whole my family's there they loved it it's such a cool area most everybody in that area is there to fish when they're vacationing. Um, Obviously there's other things to do, but the vast majority, and there were a lot of tournaments going on at the time, but like, I liked that vibe that the people that were going there were there to fish and the fishing was exceptional in my opinion. And that was just a cool experience for my family, just the area they liked doing some other things, but it was cool, man. I think I think that I would say number one. But I've been to some cool places. I've done some cool things. But Outer Banks was was really special. Well, if you think that one was hard, now it's going to be this one. Should be kind of easy then, almost. Okay. Where do you really want to visit to fish, and what do you? What is the? I want to catch that fish. I need okay. to catch that fish. Yeah. So there's two there's two places that I've I have to go. Um, number one being South Africa. So if you, if you've done any research whatsoever on South Africa, the crap that they catch from this, from the beaches there, it'll blow your mind. They, they catch these fish. It's called, they're called cob is what they call them down there. Um, but they, they look kind of like a trout, but they're literally like hundred pound to 150 pound trout, like just stupid stupid is they're huge i mean like there's pictures of like full-grown men like doubled over with a fish that's taller than them touching the ground i mean just ridiculous um they they catch a lot they catch some pompano species down there too they have like blunt nose pompano um they have some permit species it's not the same as our permit but they kind of look like that down there too they catch some other weird stuff that i don't know what it is (laughs) that just looks awesome um (laughs) But there in Australia, I mean, I definitely want to go to Australia at some point in my life and fish from the rocks there. You know, they catch tuna and just stupid stuff. But, of course, GTs, you know, they catch GTs in Australia from the rocks. Um, Bluefin Trevally, I don't know if you I, – I follow some guys that fish over there. I don't know if you're, have you ever seen one of those in a picture or video, the Bluefin yeah. Trevally? 
beautiful I'll fish. Have to look it Do what? I have to look it up now. Yeah, you should. It, like, I, I, I don't have any fish mounted. I did. I am getting a replica mount of the pompano that I caught, the PB pompano. But if, like, I don't care what size the fish is, whenever I catch my first bluefin trevally, it will be a replica mount. Like, they're just a beautiful, beautiful fish. They have such cool colorations on them. And they're in the Jack family, so they're probably closer to, like, a GT than a, than a Jack Curvell. But I, as you know, and as I've already said, Jack Curvell are my number one fish. Um, all of these fish are just its relatives, and I just want to catch them all. And uh, the, the bluefin looks, looks the coolest. So... And they can be they can be caught in Australia, so that's that's a big trip for me. Perfect. There you go. All right. So the good news is this: you're almost done. Uh, yeah, almost well, done. I'm having a great time. I'm good. I mean, I am too. Is I'm kind of like, I mean, yeah, we could do this for a while. Like, <laughs> apparently, you and I are good at talking. Who knew? Uh, I know. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> Just make our living that way. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that surf fishing has become so popular? Uh, two reasons. One, one accessibility. Um, it just it, it's the easiest to access from from anyone. You know, so many people for years have always come down, and even when we would vacation here, you'd see people with rods in the water, not catching anything really, but you'd see people trying it. Um, it's just accessible. It's cheap, and and then you know, number two, social media. I mean, social media has grown so many industries. Not it's not just fishing and just surf fishing but um it's, it's been a huge role in in shining a spotlight on on surf fishing especially in this panhandle area uh north gulf coast north central gulf coast um you know it, it's exploded um it, there, when you think about the the businesses centered around that people work full-time now you know they have full-time legitimate businesses that they've built around this sport and just go you know many of you if you if you weren't surf fishing before all of this uh you wouldn't know or get to remember these times but i mean there were times that i could go to some very popular beaches in our area in the middle of april and maybe see one or two people surf fishing you know that that's just not the case anymore um it's definitely exploded and uh i i would say just the fact that it is accessible and number two shining a spotlight on that accessibility and and possibilities of what you can experience through social media nice true story and it's cheap ish <laughs> you, you can make anything expensive but oh, yeah yes, you, you, can. you can start you can start this extremely cheap so i love that you opened with that too <laughs> with the accessibility piece but also the the financial because that's it's one of the fun ones as you get up into year two, you're like, I need this, I need this, I need this. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It's a price. Uh, what do you wish that a new angler would do before they ever put their first line in the water? And the good news is I have a follow-up to this, so it's going to be okay. Um, if, if I pointed to anything, I, I would probably – I'm an understanding person. I, if, if I see somebody doing something stupid or out of line or whatever, I'm, I'm not even going to say anything. Like I just don't care enough. It's not important to me. 
but probably etiquette, maybe just trying to ask questions more about etiquette and, you know, not so much about, because time on the water and educating yourself on the sport and how to catch fish is obviously important. And that's, um, that's going to, you're going to get that with time, but the more that you can educate yourself on just etiquette and a culture, um, the better, that's tough though, because, you know, I don't really know where somebody would look to unless they have somebody that respect in that. And, and mainly because problems that we run into with surf fishing specifically is only going to become problems for all of us if we don't manage it properly. Yeah. Where And what I mean is, you know, the run-ins with people on the beach with the swimmers and the fishermen, um, rules and regulations will only continue to become more if we don't approach things and can get all get along <laughs> with each other. Um, and, and these things, uh, you know, just like with Florida, um, I mean, that's not solely due to fishermen, but with Florida making the law changes where, you know, you can't be on this section of beach, you know, it's private beach and all, like those things will only be, be continue to become more of a problem with if we can't govern ourselves you know yeah. what i mean and, and and be cordial with each other you know the more people that you tick off or this or that or the other it's only going to tick off the wrong people that bark to the right people and cause more problems for all of us good points great points <laughs> etiquette <sighs> etiquette it is okay what gear would you recommend for a new angler? Uh, so, something brand like brand new to surf fishing. Brand new to surf fishing. Because this is, and the reason this question came up, and I'll tell you about it in the green room because it's funny how it came about. Okay. We all start somewhere. You know, you could start at the Walmart combo, and yeah. you might be fine. You could also walk in and go grab the $300 rod at the store and the van stall, you can go as high or as low as you want. But I think a lot of people, and this is why this, I guess, is more coming out, is a lot of people don't know where to start. If they just want to go surf fishing, where to start? Yeah, what, I, I answered this question in, in so many words a lot um, earlier on when people were finding my channel and trying to get into the sport. I probably still get this question a lot, but as I explained, I don't check my messages anymore. So it's probably, I probably have it all the time. I just don't see it. Uh, but you, I, you I it. do I, you can answer it now without well, a title. Right. Here we go, right here. I'm answering it now. Um, I would tell, I did tell people to get like the one that I would always point to was the pin pursuit combo. Oh, good starter. Um, because you like, it's not that much money. Obviously you, you don't want to put a ton of money into something that you're just getting into, but at the same time, you, you don't want to get just complete total trash. Cause when, when I first start personally, when I first started surf fishing, I used 20 and $30 reels from Walmart that I bought and you get exactly one trip out of that reel. So <laughs> you can try to go cheap, but it's only going to end up costing you more money. And that, and that's when I made the decision to actually go buy something 
more expensive was I'd gone through two or three of those reels and I'm like, I'm spending 20, 30 bucks every time I want to go fishing because it, it would lock up. And I didn't know at the time to even spray stuff off. I don't know how much that would help with these particular combos. Cause I mean, you're getting all that salt water on your line, you're reeling your line in that just puts that salt water in the reel. So even if you don't dunk the thing, something that doesn't have some type of protection for water getting inside the reel, it's going to lock up yeah. 100% of the time. So when you get those 20 and $30 combos, they're just not built for that. Yeah. So I, I would say, you know, like the cheapest, because I like pin stuff. I think pin stuff um, for reels especially are perfect for beach fishing. They, they're built tough. They're built for that. Uh, obviously you still don't want to drop it in the sand and water and stuff, but they can withstand all that and still, still perform. So pin pursuit is always what I pointed to and just go in and find a, a combo, which a lot of times you can get that at Walmart. Um, but you know, or a tackle shop, but anything that I think like their combos, I haven't looked at them in a long time. Can you get a 10 foot combo? Uh, in a pursuit or yeah. in, in jet? Uh, I think the pursuit, <clears throat> I'm laughing because I know Justin's going to watch this and he's going to remind me of what happened to my pursuit. Uh, <laughs> I don't have it anymore, really, unfortunately. Uh, I believe mine was either a nine or a ten. Uh, but yeah, see, I don't know if you can get it if if there if it exists. Um, I haven't looked at this in a long time, but if it exists, I would say a a ten foot pin pursuit combo with like a five thousand size spinning reel for nice. you know start there. If it exists, but if not, you know, something nine foot with a five or 6,000 size reel. Perfect. Cause I mean, you can get that, you can get those combos for like 80 bucks. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. I know we have them here in half hitch and uh, you can see some good ones there. Uh, the, the shops have some good ones, but I always tell people go to the tackle shop. The tackle shops aren't like the tackle shops when we were kids. It's not, Hey, I'm going to sell you the van stall. You know, the tackle shops on the local one, they know if you're a tourist, but right. they're not going to sell you something just to make a budget. They want you to be successful because they want you to come back. You know, they want you to have a good experience. So it's not a horrible thing to go talk to them and figure, oh, yeah, hey, maybe this will work for you. I mean, that's just in my experience with the you know the four we have in this region. Uh, I've had nothing but great experiences with them. Um, and they didn't they don't know me from Adam. So it's even perfect. You know, I'm just there. Yeah. But I say talk to them. All right. Final question. All right. Give me a big one do it what's next for you bro uh there, there are some things we're working i can't really honestly say i, I, I know you can't i can't disclose some of this stuff that a works. couple you can but yeah i know a lot you can't but what, what um give me give me a little taste of something that you feel that hey this is gonna be fun what's next Oh, uh, I, I, I wish I could talk about some of this stuff, but we're just so early stages on some, some of these things that we're working on, but it is exciting. Um, in general, I'll speak generally. So I, I, I want to be um, a goal that, that became a goal as, as I started this journey. You know, I wanted to be the, uh, I wanted to be seen as the face of surf fishing. Like I want like that that's been the goal of mine. I wanted to try to achieve that, you know, cause when you think about surf fishing, there's not really anybody that you associate with it. Like that, that really stands out and, unless you're in the industry. I mean, there are some big names like Larry Finch and uh, even Rich Padulich. Um, You know, those guys are, are bigger names. Uh, John Skinner, uh, you know, on the Northeast coast. 
Steven Jansen and Cabo. I mean, like once you kind of get in the industry and you follow this stuff, like, you know, of some guys that are kind of big names, but like even somebody that doesn't know anything about fishing knows who Bill Dance is, you know, like it, that, that there's just a transcendent level of being associated with a brand or somebody that's never even watched basketball knows who Michael Jordan is, you know, like those, those types of those things. So I've, I've wanted to try and achieve that. Um, and which is why I put so much time and energy into everything. And which is why I try to say yes to as much stuff as I can like this and what we have coming out with salt strong, like that, that's a huge step for me in that direction. Um, you know, in this day and age, and that's going to be coming out here in the next month or two, but in this day and age, it with that, type of information in the way that we're delivering it you know it's almost as if i'm writing the book on surf fishing you know that information coming from salt strong and and that's what those are the things that i want to be associated with and continue to grow um with that we've got some things that we're trying to launch with it but i can't talk about those things because i don't want to disclose any of that information at the time <laughs> but soon stay tuned hopefully We'll get there soon enough and everybody will know. I That's awesome, brother. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate all the time that you've given me and anyone watching this. You've dropped so many nuggets of huge information for knowledge. And thank you for giving us a glimpse into your life and a lot of the yeah. things that you do. Sincerely, I appreciate it. And I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's, it's been a great time. I enjoyed getting to meet you the other day. And I was, I was excited to be a part of your podcast. If you'd love to have me on another time to talk about anything, I'd love to join. Really? You're going to, you're just going to let me have the layup. I thought you were going like, to slap me down later and make me feel really bad about everything I did. Because <laughs> yeah, I definitely want you to come back, man. This was too good to not do another one. Um, and unfortunately, I know a lot of you have been making comments. I do see them. Unfortunately, this was going to be the episode that wasn't going to be comment related. Uh, we will possibly work on something later where we might do a Q and a, we'll discuss it offline, but, uh, Hey, we'll definitely chat, not chat, not chat. We will chat again <laughs> soon. Um, but don't go anywhere. I will, uh, I'm going to bug you after this. And okay. Do that, so. so stay, I'm staying in the green room. Yeah. If you don't mind, I, right. I have eggs and uh, cookies because that's oh, how I roll. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, buddy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the show for tonight. Thank you for sticking around this entire time. I hope that you were able to get some form of knowledge out of this whole thing. I know I did. Uh, I've got plenty of notes. Thankfully, I'm going to go back and listen to this. This podcast is going to be downloaded audio only and dropped to my uh, transistor page, and it will be shared out this Friday, so you'll be able to have the audio back. And it's on social media forever now, so you can go back and look at it and watch it and watch my happy face with Max. So it's going to be fun. All right. Thank you so much for all this. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. It's going to help somebody out. That's the most important part. And that's the goal that I have here with this podcast is to help at least one person because that's what matters. Y'all take care of yourselves. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. I'll see you.